Hi there, Leah Lem here with a quick note about the Native Lights podcast feed and what you can expect from Minnesota Native News in the next few months. We are hosting COVID-19 community conversations again on this channel, but unlike last time where we stopped doing Native Lights for a while, Cole and I have decided we're going to keep sharing those conversations as well. So on this feed, you can expect the COVID-19 community conversation and an episode of Native Lights each week for the next few months. So please enjoy. This is a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations with host Leah Lem. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health. Anine, hello, I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech, and thank you for joining me for more conversations, more explorations about how Indian country in Minnesota is responding and adapting to the current pandemic. Today on the show, making choices to protect one another. We'll get an up-close look at how one college student is doing while learning from a distance. Skylar Kuzabowski and her family are from Leech Lake, and she's in her senior year of college. Skylar attends Dartmouth College in New Hampshire, though virtually from her home in Stillwater, Minnesota. Then we'll hear a few words from Anton Troyer, author and language warrior, among many other hats that he wears. He recently released a video titled, A Traditional Native American Perspective on COVID Vaccines. I look forward to sharing that with you today toward the end of our time together. But first, I'd like to start our conversation with a few words from Red Lake Nation's Chairman Siki. He announced that the one active case of COVID-19 at the Red Lake Nation would soon be out of isolation. And Chairman Siki thanks the community for its vigilance in helping one another stay healthy. Again, I want to emphasize the... Please to wear your mask when you're traveling outside the reservation and continue the distancing sanitizing. So far, we've all been working good and together, and the numbers have been going down. Let's keep doing what we're doing. And I want to thank and say Chimigwich to everyone cooperating and working together to keep everyone safe. And the other thing I, I want to encourage again is, I, I, as you're aware, Vaccine is not mandatory, but we we encourage tribal members to take the vaccine for your safety and your relatives, your children, and your grandparents, and all your relatives. Chimigwech, Chairman Siki. We're all making choices every day, masking up, washing hands, getting vaccinated, among many, many choices. My guest today could have spent her spring semester on campus at Dartmouth, but she chose to stay home for a few reasons. One reason being that her mom is immune compromised. Here's my conversation with Skylar Kuzbowski. Can you please, for me, introduce yourself, Skylar? Sure. Buju, Jawano, Benisi, Quinn, Indigo, Skylar Kuzbowski, Nindijinakaz, Gazaga, Squadjame, Cognindunjabash, Kabak, Zivig, Nindadungam, Nishana, Ashinij, Nibimbunigaz, Migazin, Indudim. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Skylar Kuzabowski. Uh, my family's from Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. Um, I was born and raised in the east side of St. Paul. I currently live in Stillwater. I'm 22 years old, and I'm Eagle Clan. Great. And 
Can you tell us a little bit about what you're up to these days? You are in undergrad, finishing up your senior year. Yep. How is it going? Uh, <laughs> um, well, I'm a senior at Dartmouth College, which is located in Hanover, New Hampshire. Um, I'm not currently there right now. I don't really want to risk traveling during the pandemic because my mom's super immune compromised. So I don't want to like mm-hmm. risk that. Um, so online school has definitely been challenging. Uh, but it's it's also been better for me like in certain ways. Um, because if I was on campus, I would be like locked in my room and I, you know, like quarantining, like when you first get there. Um, you're not allowed to like hang out with people. Um you have to get your food like in a box so like you can't like go to the cafeteria and like pick what you want they'd like give you a little box and like what you eat and then you have to like take classes in your room you eat in your room sleep in your room you know what I mean I feel like being locked in like a little tiny like cinder block room doesn't really sound like the move um and you know like I got better food at home the laundry mm-hmm. situation's better at home um, well that's always true <laughs> yeah honestly like it's so nice not having to pay not having to wait for um laundry especially. (laughs) So Skylar, how is online learning overall? I think a time zone is still kind of challenging for me. Like when it's 10 over there, it's like nine over here. So like it's kind of early over there. But for me, I'm like just getting up Mm -hmm. for my 9 a.m. class. You know, it's 10 a.m. for people over there, which I can't even imagine like international students, you know, students who are like located like across the world where maybe it's like nighttime or like super early in the morning for them. Yeah. And I thought that like online learning would be easy because I feel like college is like, um, like a lot of independent learning you read and then you go and discuss what you read instead of like the teacher being like, this is how, this is what you should learn from this. You know what I mean? But it's still really challenging, especially because like I'm at home. So like when I came home from school before the pandemic, it was like, this is my relaxing place. I'm just going to spend time with my family and relax. I'm really, really bad at being, at telling my mom, like, no, I can't do this. I have to study or telling my sister, no, I'm not going to watch this movie with you. I have to study. You know what I mean? Because they're there and I want to hang out with them. Like when I first imagined staying home, it was like, oh, now I can like go to community events, spend more time with my family. But it's like, I'm still a student and we're still in a pandemic. So... I feel like the only things that are better about it is I get to eat my mom's food and I don't have to pay for or wait for laundry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a huge distraction to be home. I know even just working at home, it it can be pretty, pretty distracting to have the kitchen right there, have the TV right there. And it's like, I'm going to go do my reading on the couch. And then you're on the couch and it's like, I want to put on a little TV just for background noise. (laughs) And then you're just watching Bob's Burgers and like not even doing your reading. And it's like, why am I like this? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's, let's rewind time a little bit and go back to last spring, a year ago. Can you talk a bit about what happened when Dartmouth saw the pandemic coming? What was happening at school? So... I've, so here's another like interesting thing about like being a Dartmouth student and like just being a student during the pandemic. So Dartmouth has terms, right? There's three terms during the year, fall term, winter term, spring term, unlike semesters. They're like 10 week long terms and you take three classes, yada, yada, yada. Um, and there's also a summer term. And when you are a sophomore, you have to stay on your summer term because it's called sophomore summer. And then since you stay on your sophomore summer, you have to take a term off. 
It's just, it's, it's a housing thing. Like there's not enough housing for students on campus. So they make sure that all students have to take an off term. So they have enough housing for students. So the summer before the pandemic started, I had my sophomore summer, right? And then in the fall term, I was studying at um, the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe. Then the winter term, I took my off term. So I was at home and I was interning with Indian education. So I like never went back to campus after my sophomore summer because that spring was like the pandemic and that was like everyone staying home and like that type of stuff. Oh, wow. My friends were on campus and my friends were texting me like, I don't know if I should like pack all my stuff or I should store stuff here because like I don't know if I'm coming back. I don't know if they're letting us come back. Thankfully, like Dartmouth didn't kick anyone off the campus that I'm aware of. My I know my friends like got to leave around spring break time, but they just didn't go back. I think like international students who like stayed for spring break because like it would be too expensive to um, leave for two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think they might have got kicked off campus. But yeah, I feel like I went to college for two years and then I came home is what it felt like because I was on my freshman year, my sophomore year, and then I was in Santa Fe and then I was at home and then I never went back to campus. Hmm. So like it, it feels weird to me. Like it feels like fake. And like, I'm already dealing with like imposter syndrome and I'm already dealing with people who either think that I dropped out because of like the term system, like when I'm home for six weeks, it's hard to feel like I'm actually like a real college student because it's been so long since I've been on campus. Are you still able to feel some sort of sense of community? Um, I started a group at Dartmouth for Ojibwe language learners and it's been really hard to kind of like stay motivated to learn Ojibwe because I think there's like less access to elders you know, like you don't want to like put mm-hmm. elders at risk. So you don't want to like contact them. And, you know, there's always like technology buffers. Um, mm-hmm. But so we haven't connected this year, but I started a beating circle and we connect mm-hmm. like weekly. So it's been nice. Um, but that that also gets kind of hard because like you get zoomed out. You know what I mean? Like you have there's some teachers who like make you go to Zoom classes and they ha- you have to keep your camera on. Like, I haven't had any professors like that. Um, sometimes, like, the first couple of weeks, I feel like I'll keep my camera on, like, out of respect. Like, I feel like I'm showing the teacher that I'm here and I'm, like, I'm present and I'm listening. But other times, it's like, I don't want people to, like, look into my home. Like, I this is a very purposeful, plain background because, like, people will be, like, in their bedrooms and they have, like, all this stuff. And, like, I'm like, don't look at, you don't get to see into my life. You know what I mean? It's like, this is my home. Like, this is my space. Like... It's not a classroom, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So is connecting virtually working for you? I feel like Zoom fatigue is really real and that makes it harder to connect with people on campus because like, I'm not a FaceTime-y person. Like, I don't like FaceTiming people, but like, that's kind of the only way to connect with people. So it's like, either you're going to be exhausted from like Zoom and FaceTiming to just to say, um, connect with people especially if they're on campus, especially like if they, because like most of my friends, I only have one friend from Dartmouth who lives in Minnesota. And even Mm -hmm. that she lives in Red Lake. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's still not like accessible. So like most of my friends from college are from different states. So it's like, if I want to stay connected, it's on Zoom or FaceTime. So it's like you get either exhausted from that or you get super lonely and like depressed and like you feel like like you're in solitude. So it's it's hard. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's such such a big part of the college experience is being together. Yeah, you know, those late night study sessions. Yes. Oh my gosh, I miss <laughs> that so much. Like you know, meeting up for 
lunch at the cafeteria. And yeah. I don't know, just running into people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine being away from the learning environment. Uh, is there, do you feel like you're getting the same kind of education or at least gleaning the information that you need to get uh, from such a wonderful academic institution? Yeah, I mean, um, my professors have worked really hard to make sure that we have like the correct resources to learn, which is nice. And also I feel like in some cases, like learning can be more accessible because, you know, I'm taking an anatomy class right now and I'm not a STEM person at all. I feel like it's just really hard for me to retain like scientific information. And like, this is going to sound bad, but especially if it's like information that I'm not even really interested in, you know what I mean? It's like hard for me to like make myself pay attention when you're at home and my dog and my sister are right there. We can like go take a walk and like, I can just close my laptop. Those Zoom recordings are like uploaded as videos. So like I can watch them as many times as I want. Yeah, that's great. So you can watch those Zoom videos again and again to help learn the material. Well, another part of the college experience, of course, is parties. Got to have some parties or or those um, study breaks. (laughs) Study breaks during the week and parties on the weekends. Is there any... Any way that folks are trying, that students are trying to uh, simulate the Um, party experience? So some of my friends organize Zoom parties, but I don't go to them. I feel bad for not going, but it's like I'm so Zoomed out and like I feel like Zoom is such an awkward way to connect with like multiple people. You know what I mean? Well, you know, when you're at a party, you're not just like standing in a big circle trying to all talk to yeah, one another. Exactly. <laughs> you're kind of breaking off into Yeah. You know, you're in the you're by the kitchen or like you're right. by the window or something like yeah. that. They're like smaller a, groups of conversation. A frat on Dar- at Dartmouth did throw a party in the winter and um COVID cases rose to like a hundred on campus <gasps> and there's not that many people on campus and Two of them are faculty members who got COVID, so still breaking the rules. You know what I mean, like, so I feel like college students think they're like immortal or like invincible. It's like, you know, it's like COVID's really no joke. Like, we, I feel like even though we're like over a year in the pandemic, there's still so much we don't know about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you mess around? You know what I mean? Like, you go in thinking that it's only like affecting, it's only killing like older people. First of all, that's like really selfish. Second of all, I know like perfectly healthy people who have died from COVID. You know what I mean? Mm. You're being rude. You're being dumb. You know, it's like, it's really like, oh. And it's so infuriating when, when people are less concerned because it is the older population that's being most severely affected. Yeah. That's, that goes so against cultural values. Yeah, exactly. Like as a native person, it's like, how could you mess around with a virus that kills older people? It's like, older people are so important. You know what I mean? Like elders are so important to our community. How dare you? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that's like, you know, like one of the cultural differences, like, you know, first gen native person at an Ivy League institution is like seeing stuff like that, being like, oh, that's the norm here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it's like valuing, I don't know, books or inanimate objects as sources of information and culture. and Yeah, more than people who's lived through the history that you're trying to study. You know what I mean? The philosophy that you're trying to study, the spirituality that you're trying to study. You know what I mean? It's really infuriating. (laughs) But yeah, I think, I haven't heard any news from campus about COVID cases, so I think we got them down. Because I'm assuming no news is good news. Is campus open now? Um, so it's open to half the undergraduates, I think. So okay. like my priority term would be spring term, but mm-hmm. I'm not going back because mm-hmm. my mom, I don't want to risk it. Um, but she got mm-hmm. vaccinated. So or she got her first okay. dose, I think a week ago. So that's cool. Okay. And I'm also, I mean, like we're going to have an in-person graduation, thankfully. Do you think you'll go back then for graduation? Yeah, I hope so. Um, I got really nervous when the cases broke out that I thought they were going to be like, okay, never mind. You know what I mean? Like no in-person graduation. I would really like to go. My family isn't allowed to go. It would just be me. Mm. So it's just for you and not for parents and loved ones. I mean, it makes sense, but that's too bad. I feel like graduation ceremonies aren't for the person graduating as much as it's for the family. And Mm -hmm. like most of my family hasn't seen campus. Um, My mom helped me moved in. My grandparents came to visit for powwow when I was head woman, but like my dad hasn't seen my campus, neither one of my grandmas. So yeah, it's just, it just really sucks because like when I thought of graduation, I was thinking of like showing my family, like where I got to study, where I got to live, all the people that I got to study and live with, you know, maybe take them to like Lou's Cafe where I would, you know, like go at six o'clock in the morning after not sleeping. <laughs> um, show them my favorite CVS, you know, even though CVS is not that special, but it's like, it was like, it's like a whole experience walking from can- from campus to CVS. It's like, it's a vibe. I feel like I'll never be able to get to share that part of my life with my family. And like, it was already hard because I was living like this life without them already. And Sharing them, sharing it with them at the end of it would have made it worth it, I feel like. You know, they always encouraged me, you know, like, I'm so proud of you, like, you know, and also, like, being a first-gen, like, my parents never having, never getting to experience that. You know, my mom didn't even graduate high school, so, like, she's never had, like, a high school graduation or anything like that. So, like, it was like I was doing it for them, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm doing this for them, I feel like, and graduating without them just feels, like, wrong. It makes me really sad, but, you know, they can watch online and like being there in person with my cap and gown. And I feel like I'll get to say bye to my friends. Makes me sad that I can't share that with my family. That is too bad. Yeah. It's a big milestone, but it is unprecedented times. So I I don't know how you do it. You're listening to a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. I'm Leah Lem, and I'm speaking with Skylar Kuzabowski. We're talking about the challenges of facing senior year of college during a pandemic, and particularly now with graduation. We'll continue on with talking about complicated feelings about celebrating graduation without family and being at an institution of higher learning with a complex history. Here's our conversation. Do you like your college? So I am really thankful that I go there. We have a really good Native American Studies program. Um, 
funding up the wazoo. You know what I mean? Like I could pretty, I feel like I could do whatever I wanted when I was there. You know, like I'm going there for free, which is really amazing. You know what I mean? Like full scholarship because I wouldn't have been able to afford paying anything. I've met some really good people there. I've made some really good friends there. But I feel like, you know, any institute, any any institution, any academic institution's flawed. Dartmouth's definitely flawed. I wouldn't say it's like the perfect place. I feel like mental health support isn't there. A lot of the ethnic studies programs, they're just programs. They're not departments. But I think that just changed, which is cool. That was a recent change. But hmm. yeah, so just just like a lot of things like that. Um I feel like we also don't really handle, like, racism very well. Like, Dartmouth started as, like, a school for Indian boys to come and get colonized, pretty much. So it's, like, that's kind of the legacy that we're trying to build on top of. So it's, like, if you don't got a great legacy and you keep just trying to put layers over it, it's, like, and, yeah, I feel like it's just hard watching people try to make spaces for themselves in a place that they were never meant to exist in the first place. I feel like a lot of institutions are flawed in that sense, but yeah. Yeah. And and do you feel that way then yourself with Heck certain? yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I feel like it's hard like trying to make space for yourself and then trying to justify why you need the space is so infuriating. Like planning, pow, planning the school powwow is just so like explain every time we fundraise, it's explaining what a powwow is, why a powwow is important, <sighs> why Dartmouth should have one. And Another like the especially infuriating thing about that is that we have to fight just to have one. And then when we do have one, they're put on all the brochures and there's a there's a picture of a powwow like in every building on campus and and they take um admissions tours through them. So it's like y'all love to take pictures of powwows and show everyone that we have a powwow, but you don't want to fund it. You know what I mean? Wow. And we still have to fight to do it, you know? And you're not allowed to burn sage in your room because there was a, so a, a building burned down on campus, like before I started, but a building like burned down or was on fire or something like that. I'm not sure the full story, but obviously like no open flames in your room. So like if you want to smudge in your room, you have to like fill out a paperwork, you know, wait for the paperwork to be filed, meet with someone. And then that's just the one time you smudge. You, have to, you would have to do that every time you smudge in your room. And Dartmouth just published an anti-like tobacco policy. So if you want to like offer tobacco, use tobacco in ceremony, do like, you know, like be a native person and use tobacco, you have to do the same thing now. So it's like, it's just hard fighting for like home. It's like hard, it's hard fighting for comfort and community in places where you have to justify being comfortable in a community. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel like people take comfort for granted because like, there's a lot of spaces at Dartmouth where I feel uncomfortable as a woman, as a Native person, as mm-hmm. someone with mental health issues. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like people who's never experienced that would never understand that. And, like, I feel like explaining why I deserve to feel comfortable at an institution that I'm studying at is really exhausting. <laughs> you know, you're at least getting it done and yeah, staying healthy. and Yes. Oh. <sighs> It's hard. It's just been, it's like, you know, just been a real blessing that, you know, my family has been able to stay safe. It's, you know, my mom's been able to get vaccinated. My grandma, my dad, mm-hmm. my grandma got vaccinated through IHS, I think at the, I don't know what clinic in Minneapolis, but 
my grandma lost her brother that I didn't know that well. My dad lost his uncle, you know, that's, so that was like hard for my family, but for the most part, like my, my, I feel really grateful that my, you know, immediate family has stayed safe, hasn't caught COVID. Great. Well, it was fun talking. Awesome. This was fun. <laughs> all right. I appreciate you taking time and yeah, no all problem. that good stuff. So have a good rest of the week. You too. Uh, take care. Bye, Scott. Okay. Skylar Kuzabowski is a senior at Dartmouth College. She's attending virtually. Now I want to take some time to hear a few words from Anton Troyer. I wanted to take just a minute to share something with you about the COVID pandemic and vaccines. The scientists have told us, and so far in my personal experience and from the data that I've seen, if you get a COVID vaccine, your chance of getting COVID is reduced by about 90%. For the few people who do get COVID after getting a vaccine, your chance of dying is completely eliminated. No one has gotten. In a recent video titled A Traditional Native American Perspective on COVID Vaccines, Anton Troyer talks about just that. He reflects on the devastating toll the virus has had on Ojibwe fluent speakers in the state of Minnesota, and he stresses the importance of understanding that the choices we make not only affect us, but everyone in our circle. And protecting one another involves using available medicines. Back in 1492, our people had strong medicine. They knew their language, they knew their culture, and they knew their ways. And 95% of them died from diseases brought by foreign invaders. Today, many of our cultural people have strong medicine and faith in our ways. I admire this. But it doesn't mean that this disease will simply pass you by. We have many tools in our arsenal to equip ourselves with our best chance at a long, healthy, happy life. They include the vaccine. Please use those tools. For everybody who is out and about anywhere other than your house, wear your mask. Not everybody is reasonable and not everybody is vaccinated. You need to protect them. Even if you've been vaccinated, you can still carry and infect somebody with this disease. Be careful, be respectful. When it comes down to it, getting a vaccine and wearing your mask is not giving in to the government or the white man. It is simply the most traditional and respectful thing that you can do right now. Please get your vaccine and wear your mask. Miigwech. And Chimigwech, Anton Troyer, for your perspective. 
the entire video, a traditional Native American perspective on COVID vaccines, can be found on Anton Troyer's YouTube and social media channels. Thank you for listening today. Chimigwech. I'm really, really heartened to know that there are so many people, so many community members who are looking out for one another, who are taking all the necessary precautions and who are treating one another with respect and compassion. It's just really inspiring to see. So thank you again to all our healthcare workers, our teachers, our elders, our community workers, everybody and anybody who is thinking about others. Gigawapaman, and I wish you health. I'm Leah Lund. Minnesota Native News Special Edition COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health.